your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to Wednesday week middle instead of the weekend. This is this should be the week middle where we don't have to work on Wednesdays, except unless you do a live radio talk show every day of the week. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. Man, that's really what our our uh, Senate and Congress should be talking about right now is is making a making it a four day work week somehow. I think people would actually uh, pay attention to to what's going on then. Martin Gall is going to join us in a couple of minutes. He's the city council president, but he won't be for long. He's not going to be the city council president because he's running for mayor and he hopes to be the mayor. And uh, he's going to talk to us about that at about 5.15 after the first news break. We can ask Martin Gall what he, his plans, if he's bec- if he becomes mayor, if you got questions, send them to me, 608-785-7914. Of course, Eric from Sparta's got to weigh in. Eric, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to, as all the stuff's going on, do you think that uh, President Trump will be um, um, refused from having any public office again? You know, that's all the liberals want. Is that what you want, too? Thanks. Okay. Um, he's not the president. He's President Biden. Former President Trump. <laughs> Um, it, it is weird that the uh, I did see this meme that former presidents get a million dollars a year to for traveling. Thought that was funny. We want to save some money. Let's just start start a start some legislation that you know gets rid of the million dollars a year that the president gets to travel for the rest of his life. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a little bit of news from the only candidate for mayor that sends out press re- news releases. Uh, Sam Schneider says he's going to bring back the zoo if he's mayor at Myrick Park in his own way. It's a unique concept. We could we could talk about that. Uh, make it a make it a farmers market essentially, but have farmers and and other people that have animals. Uh, and bring them to Myrick Park each weekend. Maybe have a rotating system, and so we're not we're not having you know monkeys at the zoo or or bears. Uh, the the news release is just uh, all his quotes, kind of one big long quote. I think he was. If you look at his Facebook page, do I still have it up? He was at a uh, alpaca ranch. Somewhere, I don't know where. Um, somewhere around here. Oh, Coon Valley. There it is, the alpaca ranch in Coon Valley. So you could expect to see alpacas at the Myrick Zoo, perhaps. Maybe Steve Doyle will bring his alpacas there. Um, yeah. So, so uh, f- fix the roads. Uh, get us through the pandemic and start a zoo. What else do we have? Oh, donate our salary. So, but Sam, he's one of ten candidates running for mayor, and we've got six days until the primary. I'm going to lose this microphone. There it went. Awesome. 
Six days to uh, running for primary. I will pick that screw up later. Anyone watching on Facebook Live sees that the uh, microphone fell off. Um, but we have, uh, you know, one one candidate, the 18-year-old, uh, sending out news releases and, and making stops around around the area. I guess he's in Coon Valley. Not really going to vote for him there, but but I guess uh, you got to find some alpacas somewhere. He could have went to Steve Doyle's house. <laughs> uh, Steve Doyle also not voting for Lacrosse's mayor, though. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's the only one that's uh, that's that's sending out the emails that that uh, news organizations are getting. I, I have this conversation with Brad in a newsroom all the time. Is you know we have ten candidates and and a couple of them have sent us a news release once in a while, but but Sam has at least one every. Every couple of weeks, I mean, the last one he had, I mean, they're all kind of gimmicky. I'm going to uh, donate my salary or I'm going to uh, bring back the zoo in some form. Um, and and his announcement, he's, he said outside of City Hall. So there was that too. So, uh, yeah, the only the only one of the candidates that's, that's doing things in somewhat of a traditional way, I will say other candidates are doing Facebook Live videos and and uh, writing articles on their website, and they all have, you know, they all have at least a website. Some of them have, you know, a couple different outlets of social media. But uh, yeah, what do you think? Bringing back the zoo, we can we could talk about that in uh, in a little bit. But we're gonna have Martin Gall on here. We can talk about why uh, why he he hasn't sent uh, me a press release yet. Working on that a news release, um, but he is coming on so. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, fix this microphone, because it's really annoying to hold. And uh, we'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. We've got one of the, the 10 candidates running for mayor, Martin Gall. He's the current city council president on with me. And I say 10 candidates, Martin, but if you read the Lacrosse Times a while ago, they actually had a whole bunch of candidates, and one of those, uh, you know, candidates running for mayor wasn't just you. It was just your mustache. Your mustache was running for mayor. Um, how are you? How are you doing? You know, you have to live with your mustache every day. How do you guys manage uh, uh, to get the word out on your priorities for mayor? You versus your mustache. Well, first off, thanks for having me on, Rick. I appreciate being here. That has been a bit of a challenge because. As you know, I'm probably one of the older guys in the field that we've got so far, and my mustache is also far younger than I am. So it's been a very competitive race between the two of us. Maybe we'll both get in next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if the uh, if you do you win the seat for mayor, your mustache will probably you know, despite your competition right now, your mustache will probably be part of your administration. Well, yeah, I think you're probably right about that. I I would scare the hell out of myself if I shaved it off. So I think it's me. I think we're going to be a tag team. Um, and and you got somebody made you a, a mustache sweatshirt or something? Uh, no, I did uh, from the same article you're talking about or the same website. I actually did get a a, uh, a sweatshirt made that for Stonewall. That's the name that they had thought was a good one for me, and I I like that. I'll go with that. The mustache is on his own. I has he hasn't been able to order a sweatshirt thus far that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, that's Martin Gall. He's running. He's the city council president. And, and you, you stepped down or you decided not to run for reelection in city council because you're running for mayor. Is that right? Yeah, I actually hadn't. Uh, well, I, I was not going to run for city council again, regardless. So six years was long enough 
uh, as far as I was concerned, and, and I thought it was time for me to move on. But I did make the decision to run for mayor when the mayor decided, uh, Mayor Cabot decided to step down. Uh, if you look at what's going on in the city right now and the changes that we're going through, not only in the city itself with COVID and with every other, all the other issues we're facing, but beyond that, the changes in city government. We're going to have a new mayor. We're going to have a new council president. We're going to have at least six new council members and possibly a majority. And when I sat back and looked at that from a council's point of view, I decided that I was probably the best candidate to put my put my hat in the ring and run for the job because of the experience that I've got uh, in city government thus far. Now, you're an old retired guy, so are you going to get used to working like 80 hours a week after this? Well, you know, oddly, I, I've been retired from the first time since 2012. Uh, that's uh, I retired from Crown Court Conceal after 38 years, and then I went to uh, was offered the position of a directing business representative for the Machinist Union. I did that for three years, and I retired from there the same year I went on to the city council. So I'm not really sure what retirement means to most people, but thus far it hasn't been very slow for me. So uh, this is just another segue. If I get the, if I'm lucky enough to be mayor. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to doing the job, but if, it, if I don't make it, well, then I actually will be retired, and we'll see how that works out. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like maybe you're a little bit like my dad, who, you know, he's kind of retired, but he also just hangs out at my brother's uh, shop, and then when he comes home, he just goes to his shop, and he's working on forklifts all day. So uh, my dad can't stay retired either. Yeah, I think you, uh, my brother has got a garage that we hang out in not too far from my house, and I would imagine I would be putting plenty of time in over there with my brother and my sister. So I'm, I'll am i have plenty to do. I don't know how productive it'll be, but I'll have plenty to do. <laughs> um, all right, so and, and you, 10, of you, 10 of you are running for mayor, obviously. There's 10 candidates, and um, the 18-year-old is showing you all up. He's holding press. He's holding news conferences throughout the city. He's got these uh, – he's going to donate a salary – He's not all of his salary, but some of it. And then he's going to today the news. He's gonna he's gonna start the zoo back up in some sh- way, shape, or form. Um, you you other nine candidates better start. There's only a couple more days. You got to get out around the city and have these pictures taken with yourself in front of stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, I guess <laughs> God bless him for doing his campaign the way that he thinks he needs to do it, and I appreciate that. And frankly, if I was 18 years old, I might be doing the same damn thing. But, you know, I'm not one to, uh, to, to get out and talk about things when there's nothing to talk about. And frankly, I believe before we get, until we get through this primary, holding press conferences uh, uh, with questionable subject matter, I don't necessarily think is worth it. But we'll find out on Tuesday, I guess. Now, when we when we have had debates and and we've asked y'all questions about stuff, you know the the easy avenues to take are we're going to lower property taxes, fix all the roads, end homelessness. Um, and I had Mayor Cabot on Monday, and he kind of said, "Yeah, the harsh reality is, you know, good luck. I'd like to see how you're going to do that." Well, you know, you, you're you, I think you're kind of a realist too. We probably can't solve all these problems, but um, you know, the, like what what angle would you try to take to try to to try to fix some of this stuff? Well, I'll tell you what, Rick, you hit it the nail on the head. I, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a regular guy, and I call it like I see it, and uh, I tell the truth. I don't, I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's you-know-what to try and be the mayor. And uh, to touch the third rail of uh, politics in the cross, I can certainly tell you that uh, if anybody is telling you they're going to cut your property taxes, I would ask them specifically how they intend to do that. <laughs> the fact of the matter remains is that, 
uh, if we want to maintain the current level of services that we have and uh, take care of our city employees who have been really behind the eight ball the last few years as far as uh, salary increases and they've been, you know, they're doing the work of more than they normally would uh, taking the place of people that have been replaced and they need to be recognized for that. So realistically, uh, if I if I become mayor and, you know, not looking at any expansion of tax base or anything that might happen in the next four years, it, looking at the status quo, I'd love to be able to think that we can do what we need to do and and um, maintain increases in our property tax rate in the 2 to 2.5% range, and that would be my target. And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but the fact of the matter is, is that's the truth. And uh, anything that tells you, anybody who tells you differently than that, ask them how they're going to fill in those blanks. Now, when, when it comes to just priorities, you know, do you have, okay, I'm mayor, this is, these are going to be the first things that I want to I wanna really start the, the ball rolling on to get done? Well, realistically, I think the first thing we need to do is get, get through this COVID impact that's affecting the city. Last year, we put together a budget that we tried to, tried to make it reflect uh, the uh, reduction in revenue that we're going to have this year. And hopefully, if we get going by the uh, uh, later part of the second quarter, uh, which is what I'm expecting, hopefully we've done enough. But with that said, uh, we may need to revisit uh, the, you know, our, our revenue and expense side, just like we did last year. Uh, I would use the executive budget team as we did last year, as Mayor Cabot put together. If we need to do that, that's what we'll do. But short of that, I think that the, you know, the other goals that we need to really start to concentrate on are the relationships that we have with the neighboring communities and with the county, because long run, those relationships and sharing of resources, sharing whatever we can uh, that is a duplication of services between the multiple levels of government in this area, that's ultimately going to be one of the ways that we can have a positive effect on our taxation. Uh, how how big is the news that the city might be sued here over PFAs, uh, you know, in the in the water on French Island? Well, you know, unfortunately, nowadays suing is a, that's part of the part of the daily business, and I get that. But the fact remains is that what's happening up on French Island with PFAs really is not the city of La Crosse's fault. There's nothing that's been done up on French Island that has been uh, negligent in any way. Uh, the firefighting flow that have caused this issue has been mandated by the federal government for use out there. It's still mandated for, for use out there. And, I mean, it, it's an issue across the nation. Uh, La Crosse is not at fault. That being said, we do need to take care of the folks that are up there and uh, do what we need to do to restore them to the uh, level of uh, uh, drinking water and stuff that they need. But it's not, you know, that we're going to do this as their partners, not because of the, uh, something the city did wrong. Sure. We're speaking with Martin Gall. He's the city council president, but he's running for mayor. And he's, you know, he, he's the uh, him and his mustache, I should say. Um, aside from COVID, how long do you think the, the your term will would how long do you think the mayor's term would take uh, just just getting the city out of out of what's what's. And we always just say this. We're, we're really we're really hurting because of COVID. Can you put a can you give us an idea of, of how or why we're hurting so bad? Like, in, is there a, is there a way to put a better way to put it than we're just really hurting? Well, you know, the thing of it is, as far as the city itself is concerned, the impacts that we've had with hotel revenue, uh, the uh, hotel room tax, and that sort of thing has been a, that's a huge impact. But more importantly, we're looking, and of course, the center. I mean, the center of that's uh, we are missing events there. We missed events last year. We've already had some that are delayed or postponed. Those are the things that we need to deal with as far as the city, the business of the city, and, and including the airport. 
But that said, we also need to step up and do what we can do to support our small business community and those less fortunate among us because uh, we need to take care of them as a governmental entity, and that's our job. And we are doing that to the best of our ability. I know some people would have us do more. Some people would have us do nothing at all. But I think we're doing the best we can, and we'll continue to do that because the fact remains is that when this is through, La Crosse is still a vibrant and terrific place to live and to work and to own a business, and we will be again when this is over. Now, you're, you're on the city council, so th- some of these issues you're, you're already – you're you're already taking up but you know like uh people people see on alaska getting some of these businesses uh chick-fil-a and and chipotle but but lacrosse hasn't gotten you know and lacrosse is getting things like u-haul uh would you do anything differently to to just uh entice businesses to come here i know we have the river point is it called the river point district coming uh you know at some point down the road but like i i don't know would you do anything different as a mayor versus you know being on the city council to entice businesses to come here well, I think, you know, as mayor, you can do far more than you are as co- even as council president because you can establish relationships with these companies when they're searching in this area. You know, as far, you know, we have tools that are available to us as far as incentives that uh, through tip districts and that sort of thing if we need to go down that road. But the fact remains is that a lot of times this is a question of land availability. Lacrosse has got a very limited amount of land compared to surrounding communities that's available for these types of things. And uh, what we do have is more, you know, uh, aimed at larger projects. And, you know, you mentioned the U-Haul facility out there. My hope is that that gets developed into something that's a higher and better use for that. That's a beautiful spot for a multi-use uh, uh, facility with residences and that sort of thing. But with that said, uh, U-Haul has got, they have got options as far as using that property that the city can't stop. And we need to be aware of that. I don't think it would be cost-effective for them to do that, but the fact of the matter is is they could if they wanted to. And we'll deal with that as we go through. But businesses are going to want to come back here because this is the hub. This is the regional hub, and uh, this is the place to be. Uh, if you want to be on the outskirts, that's your choice. But if you want to be where, where the action is, it's here right in the center of the city. Now, that's uh, my hometown Greenville's uh, uh, phrase when you drive into the town. Greenville, where the action is. So you can't be taking that, Martin. I'll have to think of another. I'll tell you what. I'll put. I've got a team to put together. Myself and my mustache will work on that. <laughs> All right, Martin Gall is joining us. Um, you know, if you could point at like anything, like uh, we we've talked about an open market in the city, and I think uh, I think the number was like fifteen million dollars. Uh, Schneider's got a zoo plan. Is there anything like uh, what 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 are you going to do to steal some headlines here, Gall? For for uh, you know to get your name on top of the the, the headlines here. <laughs> well, frankly, I'm hoping that the next thing that I do to get my name on the top of the headlines is succeed next Tuesday when everybody votes. That's the headlines that I'm looking for right now. But I think, you know, I'm a pretty cautious man, and, and I'm not going to be somebody who's going to throw a bunch of stuff out there just to see what sticks on the wall. Uh, I, don't, I don't put things forward unless I know where they're going and what the answers to the questions that are going to come up are. That takes engagement with city staff. And, uh, you know, using the tools that we have available to the mayor as opposed to just me as a council member, because I know that there's, a, there's information that I'm going to be able to use and research that I'll have at my fingertips to help that process going forward. And that's what I intend to do. Do you think with all these all these debates that we're having and, and whatever questionnaires that you're filling out there, a lot of them do center around property taxes, fixing the roads, uh, homelessness. Um, are 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 the media asking the wrong questions in terms of what the priority sh- for the mayor should be? Uh, part of me thinks that Mayor Cabot has done a pretty good job of, of of utilizing everything he can 
to fix the roads. I don't know if he can fix any more roads without hiring more people to fix the roads, but I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. Do you? I, I ask this one, this one to everyone, but are we asking the wrong questions? Well, to a certain extent, you are. The factory, but you know, there's everybody always brings the roads up. But the fact is, is that we've up the up the uh, road repairs that we are doing from five to seven miles a year now, and that's about the capacity that we have to do that. We can continually shovel more money in there, but if you don't have the personnel and you don't have the capacity to take care of that, it's kind of a moot point. And that's realistically where we are. A few years back, we made adjustments in our in our. Uh, uh, budget balance policy that three, uh, freed up about $3 million. We put that into roads, and some of those projects were delayed for a year because we just couldn't get them done. So, I mean, there's a balancing act there. The roads are uh, continually in need of improvement, but I think Tim Cabot has done a hell of a job for us, and I plan on doing the same and uh, looking for more efficiencies as we can when we move forward. And then, uh, you know, there's also the issue of homelessness. And when you talk about these things and lowering property taxes, they, they kind of you, you can't do one or the, you got to do one or the other. Right. Like you can't do both. But um, is there is there uh, the ability here to work better with the county on, on some of this stuff, too? Well, I th- that's you're, you're spot on with that, Rick. That's that's really the bottom line. We need to put resources into all of these different programs, whether it's the homeless issues or anything that has regional collaboration that we can utilize. That's the best way that we can get the maximum bang for our buck. Look at what the city does best, and if we do it better, ask for resources to come in our direction. If the county does it better or if someone else does it better, let's push resources towards them and maximize the use of the resources we have with who does the best job with what they've got. And that's something I intend to work with, with the county and uh, with, the, with our neighbors in the region here. All right, Martin, and, and just, I don't know if this is a question, but how, I guess it is. But how surprised are you when, when Cabot ran in 2013, he, 11 candidates running for mayor, that was an open seat, uh, 17% turnout for the February primary. Do you expect that to be higher this year? It seems like it would be, uh, just given the attention that hopefully we're all giving it. But it's, I, I don't know, it just seems really low, even if it was in the 20s, really low for uh, the city, a 20% turnout to decide who will be the finalist for the mayor. Well, you know, that's unfortunate, and that's, we're going to face that this time. I think if we get what we did then in the 17 to 20% range, we'll be doing pretty good with the weather and everything else that we've got going on right now. But this is, a, this is really important for people to get out to vote. There's a big change that's coming in city government, and uh, it's our job to try and control that as best we can through the voting process. And I hope people realize that a little experience isn't going to hurt us and uh, that they come out to vote on February 16th, and hopefully they vote for me. All right, that's Martin Gall. He's uh, running for Mary's one of ten candidates, like I just said. Uh, thanks a lot, Martin, for joining us. Thanks, Rick. Take care. All right, bye bye. All right, like I said, Martin Gall. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, a little bit late here, so Brad and the news coming up. Scott's comment before that. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. If you want to get in here. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Thanks to Martin Gall for joining us. Uh, he's uh, one of 10 candidates running for mayor. If you want to listen to that conversation, it'll be up on wisdomnews.com. Just go under podcasts. Go under the Lacrosse Talk PM with Rick Solon podcast. Uh, they're all up there. So Martin Gall today, Jessica Olson will be on tomorrow. She's another candidate running for mayor. And uh, Tregoski will be on Friday, UW Lacrosse, political science professor. And that's where, you know, we, the, the, this impeachment thing that's happening and, 
Yeah, we'll probably go down that avenue on Friday. I just I kind of pawn that stuff off to Chagoski because he's really into that, more of that federal uh, stuff. I know we all love to call and talk about uh, the impeachment, and but uh, I don't I don't think it's it's that effective in in terms of what maybe is <laughs> essentially what's affecting us. Maybe there's things around here that are happening. I mean, the state government had a whole bunch of news today. Um, we can get into that. I just, I'll just mention that um, the Supreme Court has been asked to block the statewide mask order, but it's like it's it's uh, this uh, donor, this Republican donor. I think his name is Jair Jer J E R E. I'm sorry, I don't know how to say your name, Mister Fabic. Um, but he's a guy that's you know donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to Republicans. Uh, so this is kind of the same news that I had yesterday when. Governor Evers appointed somebody to the UW Systems Board, and that guy was a Democratic donor. So um, it's always fun to see uh, whoever's got you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to throw around uh, gets these you know I don't know get, gets gets to sue the state for the mask mandate. Or I mean, it would be funny like Rick Solom sues the state of Wisconsin for the mask mandate, but I don't have any money, so I feel like I wouldn't be able to afford to do that. Only the rich can do that stuff. Uh, number three is calling in. Joe's calling in. Eric's from Sparta's calling in. Uh, Joe called first, so let's go to Joe. I think I think Joe wanted to talk about uh, Sam Schneider's idea that we were going to bring back the Myrick Park Zoo in some way, shape, or form. Um, not not like not the craziest idea, I guess, in in terms of you know some of the things that he was talking about. But what did you think, Joe? I thought it probably a great idea. You know, building a hybrid. Um... Uh, farmer's market where we could get all the different, you know, great ethnicities around this area and maybe some of the animals and everything like that, you know, kind of teach the kids where the food comes from, you know, and just maybe turn it into a good celebration of maybe, you know, lacrosse's heritage. I could see, like, maybe a big Indian statue going up down there at some point, you know, and just kind of celebrate lacrosse history and where we came from um schneider said that uh you know this is a quote he quotes it's it's like a news release so it's i mean it's it's coming from his email and then it's uh, he quotes himself but if the city can spend 42 million dollars on the essentially the lacrosse center expansion he says i think we can find a few thousand dollars to reopen the zoo for our children of lacrosse um i feel like a few thousand dollars will cover the first weekend's insurance costs If even I doubt that, but uh, I, I mean, we have a farmer's market anyway. When I combine the two, you know, bring the animals, the kids can, you know, deal with the animals and the parents can sell vegetables. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I could see it as a great place to celebrate lacrosse. And like I said, I could see a big Indian statue down there to celebrate where we came from. And uh, I think we should make it happen. You celebrate where we came from or whose land we took? Where are you going with that, Joe? Uh, celebrate the people that cared for this land before we were here. Fair enough. All right. Thanks, Joe. Uh, number three is calling in. Number three, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Whoa. you're there. You there? Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. See, I I think you might be getting a pay raise. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, $15 an hour minimum wage they want to put her up to. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, nothing. You'll be making fifteen bucks an hour. About time. I, that's what I thought it'd be about time. Yeah. You might be. Anyway, I heard that they think 
that that fire downtown by the casino bar was possibly caused by the homeless people? Yeah, I said that. Uh, I think I said that the day the day that Monday. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm thinking. I think we better take those people that don't want to stay in under a roof at night that want to stay outside. Put them back down underneath the Mississippi River Bridge with a burn barrel. It's all concrete down there. Nothing will burn. Okay. That way they won't end up burning the city of La Crosse down. What do you think? Yeah, uh, first of all, how would you get them? I mean, are we rounding them up? Are we put it, throwing them in a van, unmarked vans or what? No, but if we put a burn barrel down there and put some wood down there and some uh, coal... They would start to fire up and, and stay down there, and, and that'd be a good place for them instead of in an alley someplace where a lot of things could burn because under the bridge it's all concrete on the top and on the bottom. I mean, the irony, too, of uh, them being so close to something like Catholic Charities where maybe they can't, maybe the, whoever was in that alley can't go into those buildings because they're, well, I don't know, it, for whatever the reason. people rules. don't want to go anyplace. Right. Um, they want to be out in the cold. Yeah, well, they don't. They want to be, they want to be next to a warm fire, but then they're starting city blocks on fire. So, yeah, so I mean, if I, we I, put them under the bridge. It's all concrete. We won't have to worry as much. Just an idea. Yeah, I, I, I understand a little bit where you're coming from in terms of it's a little bit safer if we, uh, if if maybe the the homeless are somewhere where if they can start fires that don't start the city on fire. But also, uh, then, then the city is is putting an effort to, um, not to help the homeless, you know, get off the streets, but help the homeless get under a bridge. The optics there are kind of kind of unusual, um, but also better than starting city blocks on fire. And I heard the rumor is that the uh, there had been more than one call for. Uh, Maybe some kind of fire in that little nook, and it's not really an alley. It's an it's a nook, kind of by the enterprise, kind of right in that. There's a there's an alley that goes the other way, but there's just like a three sided area. You know, if you were homeless and you don't want anyone to bug you, you could probably you could probably hang out there at night, and and you're not going to get anyone bugging you. But you can't have a fire right there because obviously. But I I heard there were two or three calls for a fire in that spot in the past. Um, but then, you know, like then is it on the police to have to, it's really just kind of a weird out of the way, like that, what do the police have to go there every 45 minutes, every hour to, to drive by that spot to make sure that people aren't starting setting fires in the alley. Uh, it just seems really kind of a burden. Um, but, but yeah, like, uh, if those people can't go to the shelter for whatever, I mean, the shelter has some kinds of rules and, and maybe they're full, I guess we could make a phone call and see. Uh, because uh, the, you know the 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 COVID, the pandemic, and but I, I would imagine that they're taking people every day. When I drive home, I see uh, ten people outside Catholic Charities waiting to get in. Um, so anyway, uh, Eric from Sparta is calling. Eric, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Martin Goldman. That guy seems like he's really solid, man. I think he'd be a great choice for the mayor of La Crosse right now. Some of these milk toast people who are got to answer everything. The guy is followed in my concern. Regarding number three, <clears throat> under the bridge with a 55-gallon barrel, I'm sorry about that. The city engineers will come and say, well, you're going to melt a steel on the bridge. You can't do that because cars won't be able to cross. I have a suggestion for them. 
maybe give him a 14-foot job, about three or four of them in there with a little little cattle in there, and set them down between the last thing, or maybe a quad city, or maybe a rock out of the middle of the night, let them, let them fight a place down there. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right. So we're just going to bust them out. I mean, if we're going to do that, quad cities, I mean, if we're going to send them somewhere, I mean, send them further south than that, somewhere warmer. Miami? At least then there's, there's you don't need you don't need to start a fire to keep warm for the most part, I would say. I think it did snow down there not too long ago in Miami. Maybe I could be wrong. I listened to a radio show down there once in a while, and they were talking about At least they were talking about it was cold. It was like 40 degrees, you know, so that's really cold in Miami. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, and you know, we're going to have to expect our next mayor to solve this homeless problem. I'm sure it'll get solved. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, there's all the, you know, we've had, we had a couple of different angles to this homeless problem too. And in the summer, the, the city were giving them tickets for being in the park after hours, which doesn't seem very productive because you're just kicking them out of the park and then where are they going? Uh, and then they're getting tickets while they're homeless. So, uh, what what are they going to get? Are they going to pay the tickets? Uh, we got another call. Uh, hello, caller. Hello, hello, hello. Just it's the ocean. Is this the ocean? All right. So it's, it's nice. If I do, if I do up and down, it's like waves. We're on the beach in Miami right now. Homeless people don't need to start fires. They don't need to start fires on the on the beach. All right. So okay, I'm done. I don't know that. I don't know what that was. Obviously, somebody uh, butt dialed me or something. They're sitting on their phone. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. I love when Eric from Sparta calls in and and chimes in on the uh, lacrosse mayor race too. Uh, we'll have to do uh, the the Sparta mayor race at some time and get Eric's breakdown of the Sparta mayor's candidates uh, at some point. Uh, God, Joe was going to call and talk to me about this zoo. But he hasn't done it yet. I, I will try to. The, the, essentially, Sam Schneider stealing the headlines for this zoo, and uh, maybe we can get into it in a minute. Maybe Joe will call too because it sounded. Well, I guess he did call, didn't he? Never mind. I'm, I forgot. Um, but anyway, I, I just noticed the clock. I got to take one more break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk. We have just a couple of minutes left. I, I, I had uh, the ocean call. She called back. And I'll just tell you what she said. Uh, she she says she owns a business by the bridge. And the idea of just having the homeless go hang out under the bridge instead of in the alley. Although better than in the alley starting fires, under the bridge starting fires would be better. But she says, nope, that wouldn't be great for her business. Uh, I think she had some issues there in the past, maybe. Um, and then Scott just called me on uh, during the break, and I'm not going to put him on. He was telling awful stories about what his brother was doing with ducklings. And uh, using them as bait, stealing them from the zoo and using them as bait for northerns. My gosh, Scott. Unbelievable. I just told the story, didn't I? Um, but, yeah. Anyway, so thanks a lot to Martin Gall for, for joining us. And, you know, kind of, you know, it, when we talk about all these candidates, they, they, want, they want to, what we all, we know from all 10 candidates, they want to, do the city right, right? They want they want what's best for the city, what's best for the community. How we get there is is a little bit different uh, from each candidate. I think if Martin Gall comes at us from kind of a realist position, and there's a couple of people, that, you know, people already working in the city kind of can kind of see how how things work, I think, and and see the struggles that that can occur 
when when you're trying to uh, get some of these things accomplished. And um, you know, Martin had probably Martin's one of those what he calls a realist, right? Like he's just uh, that's it's, we can't fix the roads, solve homelessness, uh, and lower all your property taxes, and you know, end all parking fines. And, you know, like, if, that'd be great. I mean, you run that campaign, but when you, and then you become mayor, then you can't come through without any of those promises, right? Maybe you can hit one, but not the other. But um, anyway, I guess that's up to you guys to vote. We got, you can do that right now through Tuesday, obviously. Um, but that's all the time I have. Jessica Olson, we could just do this all again tomorrow. Jessica Olson, she's also running for mayor and a city council member. So uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.